Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Well, what a flopping amazing few days it's been for professional wrestling, and we end it here with NXT TakeOver. And if recent comments are to be believed, maybe this is going to be the last NXT TakeOver of this guys that we ever see. And that makes me feel sad and disappointed deep down in my top top. But you never know what the future holds. Maybe it turns out to be the best thing ever. But for now, we just focus on this show itself. But does it get an up or does it get a down? There's only one way to find out. Everyone always gets mad at me. I don't make the decisions. This does. The finger of power. It is completely separated from my body and my brain. And I just let it do whatever it wants. So if you want to get mad, you're now going to have to get mad at a finger. Let's up those downs. The million dollar title was up for grabs at the start of this NXT takeover as Cameron Grimes was taking on LA Knight. And surprise, surprise, I've really liked this feud because we just kept it nice and simple. Two words that these days seem to get forgotten about a lot. We also had that nice twist early on when Cameron Grimes was like, well, I have to be LA Knight's butler now, but if I don't sell it, everything will be fine, which also tied into the stipulation on this night, because if LA Knight did retain his championship, the million dollar man would also have to become his butler. What I think we should have done is we should have started a narrative where by the end of the year, everyone in NXT is LA Knight's butler, and then they could invade Raw, wearing those little suits that butlers wear. And that's not going to happen because unfortunately he did lose here, but I just thought this was a well put together wrestling match. I mean, it's not going to shock you in any way. You're not going to write home saying, dear mama, I've just seen the best professional wrestling match ever. But it was a good way to kick off the show. And Cameron Grimes was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to use the million dollar dream. And LA Knight was like, no, you're not. Because every time you try, I'll punch you right in the face. At one point, DiBiossi, who was on the outside, did help Cameron Grimes by whipping him right into LA Knight so he could get more momentum. And I was a bit like, wait a minute, how is that not a disqualification? What we need is this fictional but long talked about wrestling referee book with the rules in it so we actually know what you are allowed to do and what you're not allowed to do. And I bet it'd be written on magic paper and every week they would all just change because you could never keep up with it. I did laugh when LA went for a springboard and Cameron Gimes just went nope and he walked out the way because that will always make me chuckle. And again, the basic story here was that Cameron was going to keep going for the million dollar dream even though it is basically just a modified sleeper. Because Knight is a dick, he was going to try and use the title later on, but Ted DiBiase was having none of that, so he went, ha, 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 and did that laugh he did, and he actually put his own version of the Million Dollar Dream 
onto LA Knight. The referee was distracted about all of this, so he wasn't able to see it. And that really did hit my nostalgia gland. Because the Million Dollar Man, when I was a kid, was one of my favorite wrestlers. So now seeing him do this, it's just nice. It then finally allowed Grimes to hit the cave-in and get the one, two, three. So he is now the brand new Million Dollar Champion. My only worry was when it was done, I was like, but what's even going to happen to the Million Dollar Championship now with all these new changes coming? I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> but that's future Simon's problem. Present day Simon is having a good time. So it was nice and easy when we got to Raquel Gonzalez versus Dakota Kai. That was even better still. It was classic speed versus power because why do everything else when it's looking at you right in the face? And I suppose the only real shame here is that I don't think anybody believed Dakota was actually going to win the championship because it seems very likely she's about to go to either Raw or SmackDown. They still kicked all the ass though, including Gonzalez just spamming over and over again the power slam button and Dakota Kai basically doing the same with kicks. I mean, that was just what happened at the start of this. I give you a power slam, you give me a kick. I give you a power slam, you give me a kick. Raquel soon moved into powerbomb territory for obvious reasons, but Dakota was getting out of those as well. So Gonzalez went, all right, let's go for a spinebuster. But that didn't work. And this whole time, Dakota Kai was just like, go, 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 go. Because she knew if she did slow down, that wouldn't benefit her. So she was being smart. All this built to the finish too, which is why I liked it so much because they had teased it throughout the match. Because as both of these wrestlers were fighting on the top rope and it seemed like Kai was going to get out of the way, instead Raquel Gonzalez hit that crazy variation of a powerbomb that looks like it absolutely murders you. And given that it had come from a height, there was no way Dakota was going to kick out. One, two, three, down. So Gonzalez is still your NXT Women's Champion, and we found out right after who her next challenger was going to be, because Kaylee Ray's music hit. She came out into NXT, but the US version went, oh, hello, I think I want to go after that title. I mean, she didn't say that, but that was implied here. I do hope we get a little bit more of a story, because if you watch Ups and Downs before, you know, but I do like the fact we're already right in to the next chapter. Nothing on this night, however, was as awesome or as good as the NXT UK Championship match between Walter and Ilya Dragunov. Like, if you saw their classic that happened a year or so ago, I'm not sure anyone could have gone, well, I'm sure the rematch will be even more brutal and even more disgusting and even more horrific and even more violent, but somehow they were able to do it. And I will just tell you this, if you are a weak of heart and don't enjoy seeing people just punch each other right in the face, then you should absolutely not watch this. So I totally understand that it's not gonna be to everybody's taste, but that's just what the world is all about. Some people like vanilla, some people like chocolate, some people like cookie dough, that would be me. But in terms of dragging me into a story and making me feel things in my damn feet, this did an absolutely terrific job to the point it doesn't just get them up. It gets a golden up. And while we did have another little man, big man divide, this was just handled so differently. Because Dragonov had decided, well, last time we had a fight, this guy basically tried to break all my bones. So I'm just going to attack him like a fly with people who are sat in a pub trying to have a drink. So he's just like, bzz, 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 and he was all over Walter. And while he would try and slap him down, he just wasn't able to do it. It's a bit like Dragonov had decided, I just don't want to die. And the best way to die is to keep moving. And this did get under Walter's skin for just a little bit until he was on the top rope. And Walter took that hand and he chopped the shiv out of him. And it was so loud, I thought somebody had shot me in my house. I even sold it. I was like, oh, I'm bleeding, I'm bleeding. I realized I was just being really weird. And look, I know it's nothing new, and I know we've seen that time and time again. I mean, it's a staple of any Walter match, but that's why it's so effective, because it gets you every damn time. From there, it was just death, absolute death, because not only is Walter really good at throwing small people around, but Dragunov is so good at selling 
I started to get worried about his safety. I mean, at one point, Walter just threw him into the ring apron and I thought my back had exploded. It was absolutely ridiculous. The cool thing, though, is that throughout this absolute beating, Dragunov would always find ways to fight back. You have these little hope spots you started to believe, especially because he started to chop the big man down. Unfortunately, then Walter took his foot and he was kind of grinding it on Dragunov's skin to such a degree, I thought he was trying to peel it off. Once again, that made me feel all uncomfortable. Elio would still fire up here and there, though, including doing those crazy headbutts where he just launches himself at a man because he doesn't care. And this was a bit like supporting your local football team. You were just rooting for them as much as you possibly could, but you weren't 100% sure they were going to do it because, I don't know, you're in League 3 and the people you're facing is in the Premier League. Walter still wrecked this man's life for a little bit longer, but that's when we got to the elbows and once again, flubbed me sideways. We were just laying these in as if we were trying to break some noses or trying to break some cheeks. But that just added to the tension even more. And especially when Elias started doing this, you were like, oh my gosh, he's going to pull out all the stops. He's going to do whatever he can. Maybe, just maybe he can become the champion. But that can't be possible because Walter's been the champion for like 9,000 days. All of this was just so well-structured and so well put together. The other integral part to all of this, though, is that towards the end of the match, Dragonov was like, right, well, he is just a human being, so why don't I just continually try to choke him out and see what the hell he's going to do? And in the early on, Walter would grab him and chuck him across the ring because that's just what he does. But because Dragonov kept getting back to it, you could see it in Walter's face. He was starting to be a little bit scared because, of course, if he can't breathe, he's going to have to choose between life and death. There's only one option there, you pick life. So even though he was on the cusp of killing this poor boy, Ilya Dragunov from nowhere was able to get another choke on him. And because Walter realized his fate as if it was like an MMA fight, they really did pitch this as it was real. He tapped out and honestly, he tapped out instantly. And that gave it even more credibility still. And also before this started, who the hell went? Well, I bet it finishes with Walter submitting Nobody, unless your name is Triple H, and that's only because you wrote the show. So this whole program has been absolutely tremendous, and because Walter was champion for so long, Ilya Dragunov is just like the super-duper happy baby face that everybody now is going to get behind. I, mean, I have absolutely no idea what's next, but honestly, this was great. And also, given things that are about to happen, it was a smaller dude taking on a giant. So see, WWE, it can be done. You've just got to figure out a way. Quick promo with Cameron Grimes and Ted after this, and they were really excited. They're going to have a big celebration on NXT TV. When we saw Samoa Joe getting ready for his main event, when William Regal snuck in and said, look, I know I have to be unbiased, but I tell you, boy, go and kick his arse. I don't know. Hilariously, we then had a great two out of three falls match between Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly, which suffered just a teeny little bit because it was following everything we had just seen. I mean, nobody was going to be able to follow that. It would have been almost impossible. But these two guys still do absolutely great up. The big story of the night as well is what the hell the deal with Adam Cole is, because there are reports everywhere that he's done with NXT. And that's certainly the impression I got when we got to the finish of this. But is he going to Raw? Is he going to SmackDown? Is he going to AEW? Nobody has any clue. But remember, he is a human being. He is an individual. He's allowed to listen to his brain do whatever the hell he wants to do. Otherwise, yeah, these two are just awesome and have great chemistry and could play a game of chess and I'd probably still be interested. It was also pretty clear how many fools we were going to have here because in the first three minutes, we were already one up to Kyle O'Reilly. 
And that's why this stipulation always makes me laugh. Because the normal wrestling flow just doesn't apply to these kind of bouts. So Adam Cole, after around three minutes, thought, well, I think I've done enough. I'll go for the Panama Sunrise, which he wouldn't do in any other match. But because Kyle O'Reilly was like, well, no, I won't fall for that. Because again, we're still in the early goings. He hit the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, a modified version of the surprise roll-up, and he pinned him. I did like it, though, because I didn't see it coming. It didn't make sense that we got to the street fight as quickly as possible, too, because, again, we'd just seen murder in Walter versus Dragunov, which is probably why, in about 35 seconds after we got to the second part of it, Adam Cole was sat on a chair with a trash can on his head, and Kyle O'Reilly ran on the apron and drop-kicked said trash can right into said skull. I don't know about you, but that's really gonna hurt. Cole then returned the favor by smacking the chair into O'Reilly's midsection, and then that tied into the narrative because it was obvious he was hurt in the ribs. So Adam Cole then got a kendo stick and did the same. And then, if you can believe it, applied the lockjaw. What is it with this weekend and partners doing other partners' moves? Although secretly, I really, really liked it. Put a smile on my face. Love is in the air. The rim attacks continued and got more and more bonkers. I think at one point we saw a dragon screw into a chair. And when we had a few chairs set up on the ring mat and Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly were fighting on the top rope, well, I started to get a little bit concerned, and rightfully so. Because Cole grabbed Kyle and threw him into these chairs that were set up, and honestly, it was just his body and his bones going into steel. It looked absolutely horrible. Adam Cole then hit the last shot. He got the 1-2-3 to make it 1-1, because of course he did. Honestly, that made me feel all heebie-jeebie. It didn't mean it was then time for the steel cage portion of the match. Before we even got to it, Adam Cole was like, nah, brah, I don't want to do that just yet. So he took Kyle O'Reilly and he slammed him through the announce table. So, of course, that gave him the massive upper hand. But this was just a little bit of a tease as we built to the finish. They did eventually get back to their feet and Cole hit his own version of the last shot, which Adam Cole didn't appreciate at all. So he slammed him right in the balls. But then that led to a Panama Sunrise that did connect. My word, that was a good near fall. I thought it was done. Cole then absolutely lost his mind, though, because he handcuffed Kyle O'Reilly to the top rope and then continued to hit him with super kick after super kick after super kick. And while you thought, oh, yeah, I can see where this is going, no, you did not, because on the last one, Kyle O'Reilly grabbed Adam Cole's leg, he applied the heel hook, and despite being handcuffed to the rope, he made Adam Cole tap out to get the victory. And I went through the file effects in my brain. I don't think I've ever seen that before. So this was just another great match. It's also the big send-off for this Adam Cole-Kyle O'Reilly feud. And my word, they've done tremendous with that. And once more, now we wait and see to see what the hell Adam Cole is going to do. This really, really, really was brilliant. Just go and watch the whole card. Had a quick promo with Dragunov, who's all like, oh, I'm so happy to be NXT UK champion. But he didn't sound like that at all. When we cut to Legado Del Fantasma, who were like, oh, we're going to beat Hit Row on NXT TV. Maybe they will. It was then right into our main event. And actually, kind of surprisingly, this was a little bit short, or at least a lot shorter than the usual NXT TakeOver main events we're used to. But given what we had seen, and given that it was Samoa Joe versus Karrion Cross. I actually thought that was the best thing for it, and overall, it's getting it up. Unfortunately, though, I do have to be that guy that has two tiny issues, and basically, yes, I'm being a nerd. But I did struggle to get into this a little bit, given everything that has happened to Karrion Cross and Raw, e.g. being beaten by Jeff Hardy, and also, two, where the hell was Scarlett? She just wasn't here, and nobody mentioned it, nobody gave us an explanation, so we were just meant to go, well, I don't care about this tiny story plot hole, even though it was a plot hole. 
can't just get away with plot holes, so I'm sorry, all that gets it down. It doesn't mean it wasn't good though, because it absolutely was, especially given this was Samoa Joe's in-ring comeback, and he hasn't lost a step at all. This man is so damn good. This man deserves to be in a wrestling ring. He is one of my favorites ever. As expected, they just whooped each other's ass with Samoa Joe laying his stuff in, so Karrion Cross did the same. And even though he kept going for that Doomsday Saito thing, Samoa Joe's like, I think you don't know who I am. Why don't you watch me dive at you? even though I am a large human being. I mean, he is absolutely terrific. He's also using his submission game to try and outdo Karrion Cross's submission game, but that's when we got to submission tennis, because at one point, Samojo had the Kiyokita clutch on, but Karrion Cross was able to reverse it into the cross jacket. But then the Kiyokita clutch was back on, but Karrion Cross got to the ropes at the last minute. This really was... That was me playing tennis. Tennis does not sound like that. It did make me ponder how this was going to end, because they were basically cancelling each other out. And my word, I was surprised once again. Because they fought onto the top rope. Samoa Joe got the best of it. He then put Karrion Cross in the muscle buster position. I was like, well, I'm going to hit him with a muscle buster. We haven't seen a muscle buster in years. And he did connect. He got the three. And he became the first ever three-time NXT champion. you got to guess that's it for Karrion Cross in NXT 2. And who the hell knows what Samoa Joe is going to do again because of all the changes. But this was absolutely tremendous just because Samoa Joe has been away from the ring for so long. I miss that man. I'm over the moon that he's back. He poses the ramp to end the show. And if this really is the last NXT takeover of this ilk that we see, well, everybody did themselves very proud. And now we sit down and wait to find out what indeed the future holds. But overall, NXT takeover in August 2021, naturally, is getting it up. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.